This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 14, Episode 20. I'm your host, Ian, and with me... Oh, this is Dev. And this is Theo. We just have one review, as usual, of Detective Comics this week. We also have a tiny bit of news, and of course, a billion comics in Greater Gotham. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why everyone gets complaints about so many Batman titles. But... We shall get moving into our news. First thing, uh, I want Theo to get very angry because we have a new Legend of the Dark Knight title written by Andy Diggle about the Outsiders, and it's not by Brandon Thomas. So when when Ian first mentioned this in the Discord server, and again, if you aren't on the server, you're missing out, I was ready to fume and... and bitch and moan and i was set to have a more raging type conversation with marie javins this episode but i am i am going to say i am not that upset simply because this is not batman and the outsiders this is a different title that's just going to have an arc with the outsiders so i still have hope um but marie and i you know something tells me she and i are gonna have to have another conversation uh, maybe at san diego comic-con or something but i just I, I don't get what the issue is i mean we we from everything that was told including from brandon thomas brandon thomas himself uh we should have had an outsider series by now, and it's quite upsetting. But I am going to continue holding out hope. I don't think this is the outsider series that we were told we were getting. Uh, but if it is, this will not be the last you hear from me. And it is encouraging that other people are trying their hand at it, because that is maybe saying it is more popular and ready to get more traction, but really it just needs to be its own book. And Brandon Thomas needs to write it. Like, that's just the only options right there. Because the stuff he's been doing with it is top tier. For sure. And it's hidden away. And there, I, I don't even think there's plans of collecting it all in one place, which it should be. Mm-hmm. Ah, so frustrating. Uh, second piece of news: uh, solicits dropped last week, and other than that one title, everything else was pretty much business as usual. Things continuing. We did have the final uh, announcement of the date for Teen Titans: Robin, which is the sequel to 
Teen Titans Raven, Teen Titans Beast Boy, and Teen Titans Beast Boy Loves Raven, all written by Cami Garcia and illustrated by... I want to say this one's Isaac Goodhart, but I could be wrong. This series has been a regular New York Times bestseller. Uh, it's very, very popular, and I really, really like it. Uh, the last ish, the last book was in 2021, so it's been quite a while. Uh, I wish they would like pay these people a bit more money so they could get it earlier, <laughs> but um, it's a good series. Definitely recommend it. And Robin was a big part of Teen uh, Beast Boy Loves Raven, so that's sort of a springboard to the Robin main book. Sounds fun. I I, I don't know. I I just thought. So, so in order for us, basically, we have to read the first two books in order to get what's going on in Robin. I don't know why I thought they were all separate. No, you can actually just read Beast Boy Loves Raven. You can skip the first two books. Oh, so there are four books in the series. Okay. Well, this is the fourth one. Uh, Cammy Garcia says there's going to be six currently, is the plan. Okay, I don't know if my budget can take that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, if they keep releasing them every other year, I think it probably could. And there was another graphic novel uh, announced, and this one we hadn't heard of before that I remember, called Batman Not Super. And rejoice, fans of Gotham High, because teenage Batman in high school returns. Uh, this is not a sequel to Gotham High, but it's Batman in high school, and he's the only person without powers. There's like Superman and all Batman <laughs> Honestly, they've done this concept a few too many times, and I wish they'd continue one of the previous times rather than get some new take on this, in my opinion, tired trope. Batman in high school? Yeah, I'm just like... (sighs) I think it's cute. I'm fine with it. It was cute when Dustin Nguyen did it. I I would prefer Dustin Nguyen to keep doing it instead of this new person. But see, that's... Wait, but you're talking about Lil Gotham, aren't you? No, there's actually something called the Secret Hero Society that Dustin Nguyen and Derek Friedolfs did. Oh, I missed that one. And it had uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman in high school with Joker and Bane and a bunch of other people. Now, I did enjoy the one, was it Nightwalker? That that series that was adapted from the, that was adapted from the, uh, the young adult novel. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, but that's, like, it's not Batman. It's Bruce Wayne before Batman. He was kind of Batman. (laughs) True. He does wear, like, a balaclava and run around on rooftops. What's Uh, the book that everybody hates that has the Outsiders in it? What? What's the book that everybody hates that's got the Outsiders in it? I think it's Legend of the Dark Knight, but maybe... No, 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 no. The one that we always Ralph Ralph all over because everybody hates it. I'm just having a brain oh. aneurysm right now. I can't we remember. Urban, Urban, Urban Legend. Urban Legend, thank you. Oh, yeah. Urban Legend sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it didn't have to. Sorry. I was that's just trying to... Really, that's what really galls me. All right, last piece of news. And this broke just today, recording this on a Tuesday, uh, coming out on a Friday. Uh, and it's not super related to the comics, but I'm pretty sure it will have knock-on effects with the comics. James Gunn and Peter Safran are taking over DC Films for the next four years. Whatever. I mean, they do all right. I'm not super loving DC movies in general. Shazam was cute. <gasps> super Sons was amazing. <laughs> but overall, like, 
don't know. They're just all right. The Batman was pretty good. But, you know, it's a, it's a, and so now you've got a bunch of Marvel people coming over to tell them how it's done. And, I mean, whatever. <laughs> the Suicide Squad was okay, too. I don't know. Maybe I just hate movies lately. I don't really have anything nice to say about any movie. But did lately. you watch the Peacemaker, the TV show? I did not. Was that fun? I, I heard was, that was pretty good. I thought it was really good. I was really impressed with that. So people are gonna gasp when they say this. I have not seen Peacemaker yet, <laughs> although I've I've heard the raves about it, and and believe me, I will eventually catch up on it. Um, maybe after I watch season four of Titans and. Season four of uh, Doom Patrol, since they're both getting ready to come out. And season three of Harley Quinn, right? <laughs> mm, that's a negative. <laughs> um, although, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how I feel about season four of Titans either. I mean, I was I was not great. So my biggest quip with Titans and just to get off the comic book side of things, since Ian brought up the whole DCU story my biggest quip with titans is their tendency to take with the history that titans have had going all the way back there's well enough stories for them to create a decent series but for some reason they just seem to have to go and dig into the trinity's universe to build their seasons and i just I last season it was under the red hood, but no Batman anywhere. He's not in Gotham and just do Titans. There's enough Titan stories out there. You can do Judas contract, do whatever, just leave the rest of the DC universe alone. Anyway. Um, so Ian and I, we, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this in our chat prior to recording and it simply put you know Warner Brothers have tried this dual boss thing with DC Studios DC EU whatever you want to call it with uh, previously with Jeff Johns and John Berg and it's basically almost the exact same thing you know comic movie guy with producer guy and we saw how that all turned out and it, it, it's almost like they're making the mistake that they made with Zack Snyder with handing the keys to the universe over to him because of one movie and I hope they're not making the same mistake with James Gunn you know and and I enjoyed what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. I have not watched The Suicide Squad, but again, you all know the reason for that. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just think we may be getting set up for more failure. And again, if not, I will gladly eat my plate of crow, but I am of the opinion now I will wait to see it before I believe it. I think that's super fair. I um <clears throat> I didn't realize that Jeff Johns had been paired with someone 
partly because his tenure was mostly about Justice League, and that was a colossal disaster, even though I'm the one person in the world who is proud of owning a special edition of the Whedon Cut. And I think the reason I'm more positive on this than Theo is because I thought that the plan was going to be no one was going to be in charge. They were just going to delay all the films that are still in post-production until they sell Warner Brothers again in two years. So the fact that they actually are trying something, they're trying to get new things in production under the the guidance of a guy who's made two things in DC that I already like, is better than we're just going to coast. So that's why I'm more excited. Uh, And I really did like both Peacemaker and The Suicide Squad. I mean, they definitely have their flaws, but they were passionate and they're... They they got me gripped way more than most things have since Aquaman. I mean, Aquaman's probably my favorite of the movies that DC's put out since Man of Steel. And so, I don't know. I I, I definitely see where Theo's coming from. I do think that DC <laughs> is throwing things at the wall, hoping something sticks. But I think this has more stick to it than a lot of other choices they could have made. Or not making a choice at all and just coasting. Um. Hey, hey, Ian. It's called yes. it's called Bruce Wayne, not Super, not Batman, not Super. Bruce Wayne, not Super. Is the name of the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've been looking for it since you mentioned it, and I finally found it, and it was called Bruce Wayne, not Super. Good catch. He'll I still don't think that makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get started on our reviews. First up, we've got... Well, sorry. Our only review this week is Detective Comics number 1065. This is written, of course, by Ram V. And the artist is Raphael Albuquerque. This is part four, the finale of the Overture for Gotham Nocturne. Commissioner Montoya radios for backup at the gang battle at Gotham Harbor over the Orgum yacht. A man wearing a skull mask with huge horns jumps from an enormous loading crane, landing unassisted on the boat, revealing himself to Orgum's men as Ubu, the servant of Talia al Ghul, wearing a suicide vest. The triple gold-pupiled Orgum lady Shavad says that even with 37 men, the Orgums will easily overpower the League of Shadows. The Batplane arrives, and Batman plummets down to punch Ubu in the face, takes off his vest, and hurls it overboard. Ubu tackles them both after it into the water as it explodes, and Batman recklessly tases Ubu in the water. Stuggling to the surface, Batman sees the demon Barbados grab his foot and drag him deeper into the water, blacking out until Jim Gordon dives in to save him. The strange boy from the backup stories helps Jim hide Batman under the docks from the patrolling helicopters and soldiers. Four hours later, Prince Arzen of the Orgum family relaxes in the Crown Hotel and bribes the executor of the Arkham Trust with triple an absurd amount of money to make any trouble he could cause go away as he takes possession of the asylum. Fleeing from the Orgums, Ubu is captured by Two-Face, but the coin lets him go. So Harvey turns Ubu over to the Orgum's wolf-like enforcer, who rips him to pieces. Harvey reflects on whether Harvey 
or Two-Face is really the villain in the carnage. As Bullock and Gordon, sorry, at Bullock and Gordon's PI firm, Jim tends to Batman's wounds in the dark so he can continue to refuse to know Batman's secret identity, explaining it to the strange boy. So, we have our conclusion to Overture, a four-part thing, and it, it kind of feels more like the end of a chapter rather than the end of a, an arc or a story. Um, or or am I wrong? How do that. you feel about that? I'm happy you said that, because I was going to say, is it? Is it? Well, I mean, an overture is just the beginning, right? So, correct. It's the thing you play while people are getting in their seats. So usually, it's fine. It's just I'm glad it was just the beginning because I was like, this is the worst, it's the worst arc of our time, just because of pacing. <laughs> but now that it's just the beginning, that's fine. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't try to rush finishing it. Yeah, no, that's good. It was a decent ending i i just i still just can't get with the hobo battles thing that just that's a automatic turn off for me so but outside of that you know it was a decent ending or at least a, a decent ending to the chapter to bring us into the the next phase of rambi's story yeah i'd say so i I don't know if it's because I actually wrote the review this time, or I like really like cudgeled my brain, but I feel like I sort of saw the structure and figured out sort of what's going on. So like the whole structure is the of this four ar- issues is the Orgums coming to Gotham and taking over Arkham because they have a historical claim to the asylum, and Batman is poking around on the outside as the Orgum's agents who are already in Gotham are taking over organized crime. And he's also haunted by some mysterious supernatural force that may be Barbados and maybe he's just dreaming because he takes lots of drugs or something. Something weird's going on and we don't know what. I had a question. Isn't yes. Arkham Asylum standing like an empty shell right now? Yes. Okay, so he, he just dilapidated, got... Though. So he just got a dilapidated, uninhabited, haunted... Asylum. I feel like various writers have hinted that maybe a wing of it is still functional, but I mean, the Batgirls, the last issue of the first arc took place in Arkham, and like there was no one where they were. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I make sure I'm not forgetting yeah. something or something happened. I, I mean, because Arkham Tower, as far as I know, is still functioning under the direction of Dr. Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian. How do you compare the characterization of Jim Gordon between the previous three backup story issues and this issue? Backup. Was that the one that we were all grumpy about and the art was bad and he was depressed and it didn't make sense? <laughs> it sounds like you remember it. That's That was a backup. Okay. Oh, he was grumpy. <laughs> I don't know. This is not like that. He's like, you know what I liked about this one? I mean, all that aside, I mean, he wasn't just depressing and sad. He was like a retired man looking for something to do. Um, I liked that because at this point I was reading it and I was like, does he know? Like, at this point, I feel like he should know. And then he's like, I'm staying willfully ignorant. I was like, okay, I can accept that as an answer. <laughs> I like that as an answer. So. That's my only opinion. I said I like that he totally knows, but he doesn't want to like no no. He wants to guess. I mean, he doesn't want to guess. 
He doesn't want to know. Anyway. Well, I, I thought he said he had an idea who it was. Yeah. Is that how you? Yeah. He, he said he. But anyway, before I get so, I'm just gonna give the too long don't read version <laughs> of my response to Ian's question. Night and day. You and are the I'll one. just. I'll give the long version. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, it, it really was. It's just I'm, not, Ron V from Ron from well from size period to Ron V is just night and day with, and I, I I can't be any clearer than that. And I'm pretty sure Ian is about to do the long version. <laughs> yes, because size period picked up Jim Gordon from where James Tynan had written him as a tired but vigorous and burning with passion uh, crusader for justice in a dark and murky world and, and turned him, him drunk. In, <laughs> and he made him a boozy confused dumb drunk who wanders around Gotham being mad that no one cares about him and and then Ram V has him diving in to save Batman and keeping his secret identity and mentoring this boy. He's like Commissioner Gordon. Obviously, he's a private investigator, but he's got that sense of responsibility back. And I can see the argument that it's supposed to be an arc. But I mean, that's not an arc. That's an abrupt change of characterization and then a change back to the right characterization. I mean, even the boy, the voice of the boy was somewhat different. I mean, he still had that... That he proper tone, now? you know, calling, you know, calling him, calling, calling Gordon by his full name, James W. Gordon. I love that. <laughs> that was, Rob V just did a better job, in my opinion. Again, night and day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason he's on the main book, not the backups. I wouldn't say that. There's been a lot of crummy people on the main book. <laughs> um... Not recently. Not recently. That's fair. Not recently. I mean, well, technically, I feel like that was technically, like three years ago. No, do I not need to mention oh, are we talking about Abyss? Shamus? Oh, do I need not need to mention uh, Abyss? Are we talking about detective? No, te- detective books specifically. And, oh, we're just talking about detective. Oh, okay. Well, you said books. That's true. No, that's fair. Of, fair, fair. Yeah, I, I was. I was thinking just through the last detective comics writers. I would, I, I would say it was probably as far as disappointment, it was probably Tomasi. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. That wasn't it was bad just, so much as like, it was just weird editorial direction. Uh, what do you think Batman's role in the next arc will be? Because he's going to be recovering from this uh, encounter. And do you think he's going to find out what the supernatural entity is or? What what will happen with Batman? Well, first of all, Mythbusters taught me that if you're going to avoid an explosion, being in the water with the explosion is the worst place you can be. So Batman is dead, and this is the end of comics. Um, but in case that doesn't happen... <laughs> Batman also jumped from, like, six stories in the air and landed on his arm. <laughs> um, well, I hope that... This is more of a detective story than a flash bam thank you ma'am story. So I hope he works with Bullock and the boy and Gordon and they like try to figure out who is this dude and what's he doing and what's he going to do. 
I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm more interested now than I was before. I care well, more. Well, that's cool. Oh, maybe Bruce will go to Arkham because there's a demon chasing him and he needs psychiatric help. That actually would be kind of interesting. Oh, I wonder if that's what they'll do. Well, at least for at least one, I think we will get a I think we will get a supporting cast issue where we will see some detective work going on uh, between Jim and Harvey, probably and the boy. I do hope that. At some point, we get more story on this kid. I have a theory, but I'm going to hold off on that until we get a little bit further in the questions. I forget what your theory was. You told me. I can't remember. I would like to see the boy become... Uh, work with Robin? W- work with Bullock. No, work with, like, be Bullock's Robin. <laughs> we need another Robin. <laughs> we need another Robin. <laughs> Yeah, I um I think that we're going to have to see Batman. I mean, so I know from solicits that Batman is going to face the idea that the Orgums could be better crime fighters than he is. <gasps> but I but I think that the fact that the Orgums are taking over organized crime indicates that they're not really crime fighters so much as crime controllers and crime exploiters. And I think he's going to have to uncover that. And maybe it's going to be his, like, connection with Two-Face. I mean, that, and, that almost sounds like a familiar story, though. I mean, it sounds like War Games. Yeah. Um, and that went so well. Oh, that, uh, f- for a who, second, who, who, I wasn't who, remembering who, who, what you're talking about. Who 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 dies this time? <laughs> Steph again! Uh, the, oh my goodness, why, why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I mean, the solicit for Batgirls does indicate that Steph is dead, so... <gasps> But I know I she's wasn't. not. <laughs> she wasn't the first time either, so, but still. The, I mean, the, the problem with War Games in terms of that as a model is that it ends with Batman basically completely failing. Uh, Black Mask gets away with everything he wants and completely controls all of Gotham's crime, and Batman has nothing and all his family leave him. And I, I hope that that is not what Ram V is planning to do. What do you think Talia and Ubu and the League of Shadows are up to. Uh, well, Ubu's getting his face handed to him, so probably not much from Ubu. Um, I don't know. That's the one part of the story that I'm like, wah, 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 wah. is that because it's Talia or is it just because it's well? Let me a little bit. I'll be honest. It's a little bit. <laughs> she, I just think like she's the parts of stories, and not just not just around the detective comics. I don't know. They've been, like, shoehorning her into so many things, and it doesn't always make sense. And, like, in this story in particular, Talia made Batman stupid. And, like, he knew he was being stupid, and he was making stupid decisions. And that's why he was so late to the party this time. He's like, I let myself get distracted. I was like, yeah, you said that in the last issue. You're like, she's distracting me for something. I should probably go. And then you didn't. Anyway, I don't understand why they make her so powerful over his emotions. Other than she's his baby mama. I don't know. <laughs> I love the whole baby mama thing. I think that Talia et al. will be the unintentional good guys 
Mm. Once this is all said and done, I, I believe, you know, Talia in the league understands who the organs are. They, there's obviously a history between the two groups. So I think her in the league being in Gotham and, and doing doing what they're doing, you know, as always is an evil intent per se, but she's probably looking at it from the standpoint of we may be bad. This is worse, you know, pretty much like she told Bruce in that first issue of the arc, you, you, you don't know what's coming and she obviously does. So we, they may be, uh, the unintentional good guys here. So give the baby, get, Give the baby, give the baby mama a chance. <laughs> I I wouldn't hate that because I feel like Talia is always written so one dimensionally that that would at least be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're basically it feels like a war from the the far east is coming to Gotham, and Batman's going to be caught in the middle of it, and. That is interesting. Like, the, these two factions, one of which is very well known to Batman, but one of which is completely unknown to Batman. And both of them are just incredibly dangerous. Um, and you gotta love the the designs that Raphael Albuquerque's making. I mean, that, the, that woman's eyes with the three pupils is wacky and creepy. <laughs> I... I mean, I agree completely with Theo. I think that this is a, 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 a war coming to Gotham. Two factions are trying to take over various parts of Gotham, and Batman is going to have to figure out how to take them both down before they do damage. But I think it'll be interesting if he'll be willing or able to ally with Talia, um, just because of their their history and Damien. And but I don't know how much of you know Batman versus Robin is going to make Damien off limits. And Ram V hasn't used much of the Bat family. He's much more focused on. You know, supporting civilian type characters like uh, Commissioner Montoya and uh, Jim Gordon, and so he might be doing Batman and his civilian allies rather than the Bat Family trying to figure out what's going on with this war. Because Chip Zdarsky, of course, is doing a ton with the, the Bat Family in the failsafe arc. Yes, but everyone's doing something one with Montoya. I think Montoya is in every book right now. Well, I mean, Jim Gordon was very similar when he was commissioner. <laughs> okay. Although, then you have her in I Am Batman in New York, and yeah. that's just like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Literally in two places at one time. <laughs> all right. So, uh, those are all my questions for the first, the main story of Detective Comics. Do you guys have anything you want to, to add in discussion before we move on to the backup? Wait a minute. Did you, did, did you, did, did you ask the story about the, org- the uh, question about the organs? Oh, I sort of thought you already answered that with the uh, Talia question. No. Okay, what are the Orgums up to? <laughs> well, I think, I think, and this kind of goes back to my theory with regards to uh, the boy. I think, because again, they're, they're more interested in getting their hands on the asylum. I think it's the boy they're after. Mm. You know, because again, from from the early from the early issue of the run, they have 
they have a good bit of land in Gotham. But as soon as they get there, the first thing that they're looking to get their hands on is the building. And that seems to be the focus. And, you know, from the terrible backup from Spuria, um, we know that the boy has been there quite a while. So they may have had knowledge of that. He may have even come over there when uh, the original Orgum came to Gotham and changed his name to Orkham, to Arkham. So that's my theory. Yes, they're coming to reclaim the land, but I think they're reclaiming the asylum particularly because they want to get their hands on that kid. Because we, we do know from the backup that he has this effect on the asthma and maybe they don't want that to get out. But just a hunch. I think that's a really good hunt. I like that. Um, it reminds me, so I have this wacky theory I came up with sometime last year that um, Electra and the Hand are the Marvel version of Talia and the League. Um, and both of them have very significant uh, Denny O'Neill influence. Because Denny was the editor of Daredevil when those were created, and he, of course, created Talia himself. And Roz and the League. And Daredevil has this whole thing about children assassins who are created by the hand that become just unstoppable killing machines. Um, and Electra was originally one of those, and there's some other ones too. Um, so I wonder if, if there's something like that going on with the, the Orgums and the League. They're battling over these deadly ancient children thingies. Mm. Anyway, that's a good good theory. I think uh, we'll definitely. I'm glad you said it here because we're going to have to come back, you know, later on in the story and see how right was Theo. <laughs> so right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I've let's been move. right a few times, not a lot, but a few. Yeah, I I don't think I'm right very often. <laughs> I remember my attempts to predict uh, the ending of Joker War, and I was like one. <laughs> Tenth, right? Or the crossover? Wait, which crossover? <laughs> the one that was supposed oh, to be Shadow in. War. <laughs> no. Oh, that else. crossover. Yes, I was in, I was incorrect about that. Uh, and we'll see if I'm right about the relaunch in March. All right. So, <clears throat> uh, backup: A Tale of Three Halves, Part One of Three, written by Simon Spurrier, art by Hayden Sherman. Harvey uh, continues to take over organized crime in Gotham under the command of Gale of the Orkhams. Ordered to kill the psychiatrist who cured him, Harvey balks, but Two-Face drags him through a trippy mindscape, past the demons the Orkhams planted in his brain, past their monitoring equipment, to talk about Batman. Harvey is keeping his knowledge of Bruce's identity secret from the demon, so the Orkhams won't know but Two-Face wants to contact Batman to free themselves of their supernatural captors. Harvey refuses, for now. So how do you like this backup compared to the Jim Gordon backup? It is a different artist, but same right. Uh, it was a little trippy. I, I mean, I definitely liked it better. It was trippy. 
and weird. And I don't know how Harvey knows the, the identity, but whatever. Every, everyone knows, so I guess it's not shocking. Um, I don't know. I liked it better. It didn't make me want to curl into a hole and die. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely better. It it it, it had its issues. Um, the art, in my opinion, was definitely better. Three just multitudes of time better. Um, I just I hope and pray that Spuria doesn't become the regular backup right? lead-in backup writer that leads us into the next arc because it it it's a concern when you just you have an entirely different voice for a character that shows up in the main story. Um, now I do need to go back though, cause I'm trying to remember. Cause it seems from this issue with how Ian just did his, uh, summary of the story that supposedly, um, Two-Face is kind of trapped as well. But I remember from I remember from the first issue when after Bruce well after Harvey leaves the nightclub where Two-Face basically tells him that the asthma is tethered to him only and that's the reason why he's telling him he needs to take over and you get a little bit of that in this story too, but you also get the sense that either two faces afraid of the demon inside or is somehow trapped as Ian mentioned. So again, there's a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, uh, Spurrier is trying to, like, wrap in things from the Tomasi run, because he talks about the surgery that Bruce did in the Joker War tie-in arc that Tomasi wrote. Um, so there is an attempt to, like, connect to things, but I'm still really confused about what they're doing with Two-Face, because we had the One Bad Day Two-Face, which was clearly connected to Tamaki's run, but it seems very different from what's going on in Ron V's run, and that's clearly connected to this. And I don't know. It just feels I'm I'm a little lost about where Two Face is and why he is the way he is. Uh do you like the art by um shoot, what's his name? Harvey Christensen? Richardson? It's fine. I don't I don't like the Two Face embodiment. Uh is it's better than the last one. It's not my cup of tea. It's fine. It's it's serviceable. The colors are really nice in his fantasies. I I like those. Yeah, like you said, it's a little psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Like you had had a little LSD buzz going on. <laughs> yeah, it it's multitudes times better than the first story, but still, that considering how bad the art was in that first story it doesn't take a lot i am just really not a fan of stories where the whole purpose is to 
make you question the reality of the story. I, I don't find that interesting. So, with one exception, which is Azrael. And I don't know why I like it in Azrael, but I hate it so much everywhere else. So, I guess Theo already sort of touched on this, but we know that in January, Ram V's main story is going to be a two faced story. Um, so, I think that Spurrier and Ram V are trying to collaborate where Spurrier is sort of setting up where Ram V is going to take the main story. Do you get the same impression? I mean, they're building him up as a as a prominent character. Yeah, I mean, that would I wouldn't I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me with how they're treating him. It's, I mean, I just kind of wish it was consistent. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm always one to say whatever, as long as it's a good story. I don't care what they do. But with I don't know with Two Face, it just seems like it's super inconsistent. Like literally, what his motivation is and what he's doing and what his face looks like and all this stuff. I don't know. It just seems really odd all the time yeah i'm I'm okay with it if the story was just just better again you know we 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 got that first story and you literally did not have a clue as to what was going on until you get to the third part of the story and that one panel when the uh Detective starts speaking in asthma speak. So I'll just call it that. Um, or what, what was it called? Dark music, dark tone, whatever that, that phrase was. But I mean, you just didn't have any clue. But now, you know, we 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 know where things are going with this. So you kind of get a better sense. But I just wish, I just wish, Spiria had a better touch on how Ron V is putting his voices together so that they, there, there was a little bit more consistency because again, I'll just say it too long. Don't read night and day. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me is like, I appreciate that these two are working together Another part of me is I really don't like Simon Spurrier as a writer, and so I wish it was someone else working with him. <laughs> sort of like the uh, Chip Zdarsky-Teeny Howard situation on Catwoman. I appreciate that Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard are working together. I really wish someone else was writing Catwoman. <laughs> All right, let's give Detective Comics 1065 a rating out of five diving Batman. So I think my last few reviews have all been in the twos. I actually got into the story a little bit more. I I give it a good solid 3.25. Damn it. No. So you can't do that. So I am Okay, so to be fair, I, I was going to no. give it a 3. I was going to give it a 3, but I forget I can do 0.25s, but So you could so you you do 325, I will do 3 and a half. Okay. <laughs> I give it a 3.5. Oh damn! <laughs> Which means there's a mode. We have a mode of three point five and an average of three point four two. And unfortunately, the fact that I'm doing reviews means that we're going to have one fewer review to average out, and one less chance at a mode. <laughs> We've always had that because Theo's always written the review. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, this is above average. Uh, I really love the art as usual, and. Um, 
I was able to figure out what was going on. I, I, <laughs> I was like, if I'm writing a review, I can't just say I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, you could, but it would be a good review. I feel like that would be shirking my duty. <laughs> All right. So um, that's the end of our detailed reviews. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. And now, Greater Gotham. <laughs> Starting with Batman. One Bad Day, Penguin, by John Ridley. And who was the artist on this one? I don't know. Um, I said neutral. I understand why, because we talk about these books on occasion, and I understand why Ian didn't like it. And I agree, but I didn't, I didn't hate it, so neutral. Yeah, I, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. And I'm going to do a neutral as well. Thumbs down. I don't <laughs> like books where Batman is an idiot. And Batman is an idiot all the way through this book. Now, I will say, the idea of, of Penguin starting with a gun with two bullets and then taking over the city, that's a cool idea, and the execution is okay. But putting in Batman just to pump up Penguin, I, I'm not here for it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't the big fan of the Riddler book because I felt like it just wasn't very much fun. But I did appreciate that Tom King's Bruce Wayne was a compassionate and, and good man. Yeah. This Batman's an idiot. <laughs> Giuseppe Camoncoli? Oh, yeah. Camoncoli, the Italian guy. He's done a lot of Spider-Man. Uh, and he did a bunch of Batman, actually, back in the day, like the mid-2000s. So over 15 years ago. All right, Batman Superman, World's Finest, number eight. Thumbs up. It was pretty cute. Superman is mentoring this little orphan superhero they found. Abstain. Abstain. <laughs> still nothing to, nothing, still has nothing to do with the crossover. <laughs> GCPD, The Blue Wall, number one. Um, I said thumbs up. I haven't read NYPD Gotham or whatever the book is <laughs> called, um, but you know, I thought it was it was cute. I think it addressed some some issues that people have today from like a rookie cop's point of view, and I thought I thought it was an interesting. I thought it, it had potential. Thumb, thumbs up for me as well. Uh, just to piggyback on what Steph said with regards to. You know, really bringing in some real life, real life events into the comic. And I, I, I appreciate that the very first thing that you look at when you look at the issue is DC, you know, this editorial note saying, hey, this this story 
has a purpose and it's it's not for everyone. Some of you are going to be quite pissed about it, you know, with language and tones and, you know, there's a reason for this. So, you know, I, I appreciate them setting that up for us, you know, because had somebody gotten to that story without knowing, hey, this is where it's going, it could really, really set things off in not a good way. But uh, yeah, thumbs up for me. A at first, I thought it was going to be somewhat of um, a story similar to the one that we got. I can't remember if it was in one of the anniversary issues or where it was uh, more, more of that GC PD story and involved um, a rookie cop, blah, 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 blah. Who did yeah, that, that story? was Rucka's story. That was Rucka's Detective story. I could, yeah, I couldn't remember. Yes. Yeah, so I, so I, at first I thought it was going to go along that line. Uh, there were little touches of it, but not much, but still a good story. Thumbs up. I'm really torn between a thumbs down and a neutral. I think I'm going to give it a neutral because I think it is reasonably well done. Um, I'm really disappointed because I did read Chuck Dixon's GCPD and Gordon uh, Gordon's Law in the Gordon of Gotham collection from the 90s. And then I also have read all of Gotham Central by uh, Greg Rocca and Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark. Um, and I've read Gotham by Midnight by um, Ray Fox, Ben Templesmith, and Juan Ferreira. And all of those really drew me into the cops. Like, I liked the main characters. And in the context of Gotham, Gotham is has always been a town of incredibly corrupt cops. I mean, you see this so clearly in, Gotham, in uh, Batman Year One, where, you know, Gordon is paired with Lieutenant Flass, who's just the most corrupt, nakedly corrupt, beating people for no reason whatsoever, stealing from them constantly. So, like, systemic corruption, if we want to use a rip-from-the-headlines term, has always been a problem in Gotham. I just didn't... It's not that I disliked our three main characters, our, our rookies who are graduating in this issue. I think that's a really clever structural idea. I just don't like anyone. None of them are particularly... Uh, engaging and that's why i wasn't able to give it a thumbs up if i was comparing it to those previous series all three of which i think are really good i would have to give this a thumb down but on its own i think it's a neutral i don't think it's bad i just i was disappointed because i have pretty high expectations for this type of series and, and i think that may be where i will say you are wrong because you <laughs> kind of have a no no but it, it you kind of have a bias already yeah yeah, yeah going in hey this is what i expect from a gcpd story up oh, i didn't get it it's man you know i i well i because to be fair i've read most of those books as well and you know enjoyed gotham central enjoyed um bullock's law and you know several of those others but i tend not to expect what I got in one story to be in them all because, you know, just from a creativity standpoint and, and it's only one issue, you know, <laughs> so there's still, there's, there's still more pages to go. So, you know, just 
reading it on its own, I think it it touched on some good points. I think if there is a weakness, um, it's the fact that there are really kind of three main characters in the story, which will, you know, either take a lot of time to get all of their backstories or will leave will lead to a lot of holes so that may be a weakness but still well i mean i feel like i was careful to lay out a specific thing that is a craft thing not just a comparison thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because dixon rucka and uh, fox are all very different writers so if you compare gcpt by dixon gotham central by rucka and brubaker and then gotham by midnight by fox they're all giving me different things, even though they're all cops in Gotham. And this is also a different thing. I just, I really like to get hooked into characters, even if the characters are flawed. Um, I really want to to want what they want, or at least understand what they want. And this one, I sort of understand, but I don't really care. And I would like to. So I just feel like even, even divorced from the comparison with the, the previous series that I loved, um, this one didn't quite hook me out. You do have an excellent point that this is just the first issue. And over the course of the six issues, uh, Ridley could really draw me into those. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to the third issue because that's one about the, I think he's a probation officer. And I found that kind of the more interesting one of the three cops. Um, and so I would like to see more of that. I just, that's more of an intellectual interest rather than an emotional one. I, I still wasn't really my heart wasn't hooked in like I wanted it to be. You know, I was really drawn to Park, you know, particularly, particularly... Is Park the one who... That's she, the, she's the or, girl. You know, yeah. That's the one who uh, didn't draw the gun on Right, kid. okay. Yeah. You know, so, so, known fact, Theo's the black guy of the trio. So, <laughs> so, being the black guy of the trio and knowing and and living in the society that we live mm-hmm. today with all of the issues with police and trust of police listening to park and her aspiration of doing good despite what's being expected of her you know, really grabbed me because again, you know, she, she is a rookie, but she's also a minority. She's not a black person, but she is a person of color. So, you know, from that standpoint, perhaps she gets it that, you know, and and she even said it, you know, you know, that's not giving us a lot. And the cop just tells us, well, we just do what we're told. You know, so we 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 grab it. So I am definitely interested in in seeing how Ridley develops her character. Again, not saying that I won't be interested in the others, but her story really did grab me. Me too. Well, I think we can tell that we're definitely going to keep reading this on Greater Gotham <laughs> because this is a great discussion. Catwoman number forty-eight. <laughs> oh gosh, neutral, although. That Even ended. with Catwoman mashing faces with That's Belmont? fine. Batman is mashing faces with Talia. I mean, whatever. 
You seem a lot more mad at Talia and Zatanna than you are at Velma. I just don't like Zatanna all that much. And Talia is silly. And Velma is Velma silly. Sucks. I, I don't like Velma either. But, um, no, I mean, whatever. Neutral. I'm ready for this to be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be friggin' done. At least till friggin' March. <sighs> As always, it's an abstain for me. I haven't gotten a, uh, Go ahead, from <laughs> Ian, to read it yet. However, I will give full disclosure and said I ordered the Jim Balant cover of uh, one of the upcoming issues since it's my favorite rendition of the character. This continues to be a thumbs down for me. <laughs> Catwoman continues to be a complete moron. And she mashes faces and I think bumps uglies with Valmont in this issue. Bumps the uglies. <laughs> I'm ancient. <laughs> DC versus vampires number 10. I threw this in here, even though I don't think anyone else is reading this. And I wasn't really reading this, but I checked it out. Um, because the entire Bat family actually pops their heads in, including Steph and Cass. And I think Batwing, it could be Jace. It's hard to tell. And Huntress and just like everybody shows up. And it's a neutral. <laughs> I think I gave it one try once and I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I only buy it when I see pretty covers. <laughs> this one does have pretty covers. Nightwing number 97. I think, oh, I gave it a <laughs> neutral. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a neutral because of that ending. I, I, the WTF. He's probably dreaming or something no. postcoital concussion or something. I don't know. Goodness. <laughs> I, no. Or I uglies. I don't. I don't think it's that. I think it's this stupid dark crisis thing, which I again, I don't. Just WTF, man. Come on. We, I mean, we went through that trauma of Uberic for far too long. I. I. I had. Tom, okay. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> Steph, pop in some music for me. <laughs> Thomas, look, my friend Steph and I, we've been, we've been big time fans of yours. I mean, we, we, we devoted a full cast to you in the absence of said Ian Miller we've taken crap from him for years over you and your writing style and fan service and this and that and we've been true 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 fans we both love Dark Knights of Steel we've loved how you saved Dick Grayson when taking over Nightwing and we do have a problem with Son of Kal El, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but for all for all that is well and good, why in the hell did you have to bring Uber Rick back? Nobody misses him. Nobody. Nobody cares about him. Except Scott Lovedell. And maybe and, and I don't even think Ben Percy enjoyed that writing that book. <laughs> he left. So if you if you can just 
have Uber rig ride off in the sunset would be have him go and pick her up from somewhere. I'm sure she's around missing her boo and just let them ride off to the pasture. We, we really don't need any more of Uber Rick riding around with that scar on his head. <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty look and it's below you. So please do us a favor and end this quickly, please. And thank you. Okay, so, so when you told me I, about him, I thought I thought Dick had regressed. So I was actually moderately okay seeing Uberic because it was a different person. But that just opened a whole other can of worms. <laughs> I would just, I mean, oh, I mean, I was, I, I'm not one. You know, I've been dwindling down the physical issues of comics in my collection and Nightwing is one of the last few that I've been getting. I really don't want to stop if Rick is going to be in this long term. I just, that was not an enjoyable time for Nightwing fans. And again, if any end, there's an endpoint and it's an enjoyable endpoint again, you know, Uberic can be riding off into the sunset. Oh. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if not, I'm gonna be quite disappointed. And I may have to have another conversation with Tom mm-hmm. and Marie. And it won't be pretty this time. Oh, but for me, it is, yeah. I, I that that ending alone makes it a neutral for me. And I can't remember the last time I gave a neutral to a Tom Taylor story. So I think this was a neutral for me. What the hell? I just don't. I don't don't get it. (laughs) And I mean that in a good way. You know, it's not. It's not often that we get anything other than a thumbs down from Ian and (laughs) gives us a neutral. So I'm just such a bizarre world. I'm just kind of like, I've lost my rage. I'm just kind of numbly reading. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, that's a book that I read. That's how I feel about Catwoman. (laughs) No, I'm still very angry about Catwoman. Because you have to review it. (laughs) That's true. I have to try and figure out what the plot is. (laughs) Give it a new true, y'all. Walk it okay. down. Walk it, walk it down. <laughs> All right. Um, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number six. Oh, thumbs up, but oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That last page oh was like, gosh. why? Why did this happen? Oh, I was so happy. Like, I almost texted you guys with screenshots. I was like, look how wonderful the family's back together. I'm so happy. You forgot what happened last series, didn't oh, you? I don't think. I, which one? Uh, the Holy Curse the of the Holy White Queen. Knight. No, the Curse of the White Knight. No, I see. I only have paid attention to that one because I didn't like that one all that much. I don't even remember what happened at the end of that but one. But remember, he slaughtered Jim Gordon. No, don't remember. <laughs> I skipped through that one. He slaughtered him really hard, oh, and no. it was very, very sad. Oh no. 
Yeah, Dick dies or something. Dick gets shot with probably dead. Philosopherous man or whatever his name is. Probably dead. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a daddy. He had a baby. He was picking him up for preschool. Oh gosh. (sighs) So other than the ending that gets Steph all depressed, you know. Now, if something like this happens to Uber Rick, I'm pretty sure we'll all be okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> Wait, yeah, but we'll be... Steph didn't give a rating, did she? I said thumbs up. But. Oh, okay. Thumbs up, but, but like sobby tears. <laughs> it thum- thumbs up for me, because again, I still, I still say I don't care how nice and okay Jack portrayed himself to be with Holly just expressing her everlasting love for Bruce since Jack's been gone. But I still say that at some point Joker's going to make his way into Batman's head and it's going to be fun. (laughs) But, but I do love that at least, at least because of what Jack is, has told Bruce that Bruce is at least considering the fact that he loves Harley too. Yeah. Why did so they get married? How much you want to bet that Sean Murphy tried to draw Harley without a shirt again? <laughs> <laughs> He's done this every single series, and DC keeps saying no. That, that would have been the black time. Black label and call it the day. It is black label already, but this is black label? Batman Damned took away their willingness to do that. Oh gosh. Um, but this is a thumbs up. I actually did read it this time, and it's a thumbs up. It's well done. Batman Fortress, number six. Abstain. I am going to make it a neutral. It could have been thumbs up. Okay, let me just put it to you this way. The first few pages of the story is an absolute thumbs down to me because it, it's it whether almost and I don't know if, if if it's because Derek Robinson is on art, but these these sexual overtones with Caldas just it, it it's not sitting well with me. It's not something that I needed you know, in this story. The latter part of the book, as they're making their way through the fortress, is pretty damn good. But this first part, where he basically says, oh, I could do anything when it's wet. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) We don't need that. I I just, I can't. You know, that, that was just, again, the latter part of the story was absolutely great. You know, and if, if 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 you could take out those first few pages, it's a thumbs up for me. But because of that first part of the story, it is a neutral. I'm also abstaining on this one. Uh, Batman Gotham Knights Gilded City number one, the prequel comic for the video game that released this week, Gotham Knights. I think I skimmed that one. Hold on, did I? Oh, I said thumbs up. Why did I say thumbs up? What was that one again? <laughs> what happened in that one? 
Apparently, I liked it. Hold on. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I read it just like 30 minutes ago. I got to look it up. 30 minutes before we started, and I can't remember, so I'm giving it a neutral. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I'd have to know why I like this. I read a lot of comics today. I did I did a bunch of the reading today. I am, I am abstaining from this and everything that has to do with Gotham Knights in protest of the fact that it's not going to be on the PS4. Oh. So this can all just go to... No, no. Okay. So, like, or it was don't, weird. It was weird. Don't, no, listen. Don't wanna, no, I don't so listen. Everyone no, has fear toxin. Shit. That is FOMO fear toxin. So? Which was weird. And then there's, yeah. like, a flashback to every once in a while, every, like, half of the issue, is flashbacks to the past where there's, like, a not-Batman Batman helping slaves escape, or not escape, but travel, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, um, former slaves escape into Gotham without getting harassed. And honestly, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I enjoyed it, but I don't. I had no idea what was going on. Oh, and at the end, yeah, Dick shows up with scream of sticks and is pissed off that Batman's there. I, I don't know. Okay, maybe it's a neutral. That I almost pushed it in a thumbs down for me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why is Nightwing fighting with Batman? Yeah. He's like, I will only say what I've said on the server. I wish it fails. <laughs> I don't have a console, so I don't care. Catwoman Lonely City number four. Oh, shoot. I forgot this one. <laughs> okay. So, Jason Blood's not dead. Catwoman didn't kill Jason Blood to get a flashlight. It was, it's okay. He's fine. <laughs> that was my big, like, what the hell moment in the last book. Um, it was, I mean, it was a good finale. I don't know if I loved it, but it, I thought it was a really solid, really satisfying finale. Ivy finally gets her redemption arc. Um... Etrigan doesn't rhyme anymore. I couldn't quite figure out why that was. I don't know. I liked it. It wasn't great. It wasn't a five out of five, but it was an enjoyable thumbs up. I will. I might pick up the story, even though it ends in Catwoman Riddler pairing. It's fine. It's fine. I actually thought the story was over already, so I guess it's been delayed a few times. Totally, I did too, and then I realized no, I don't actually remember how it ended because it didn't. <laughs> But it was an abstain for me. Yeah, I, I forgot this was a thing, so uh, <laughs> I abstained by accident. <laughs> Harley Quinn number 23. You know, I said thumbs up, and I think I enjoyed most of it, but and it had Damien in it. That's probably why I gave it a thumbs up, as Damien was in it. But it's... I mean, it looks like they're undoing her character development, which, I mean, might put it as a double thumbs down. I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's just for the story arc and it'll go away. But at the moment, her her redemption is completely undone. Yeah, she's like starting this weird cult. And I appreciate I like the stuff with Damien and I like the stuff with um, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, I, I really like that relationship. Yeah. That's definitely been Stephanie Wilms' strongest creation in the series. But... The cult thing is just like why? No, I thought the cult was fun. It's the it's the Lazarus resin that's making her crazy that I didn't like. I don't know. I I didn't hate it. It's it's a neutral for me. And I love the art. Sammy Bassery is a big fan. I'm a big fan of Sammy Bassery. Um, punchline. So wait, wait, wait. I gotta say this. So of course, but you abstained. Yes, it's always an abstain for me. However, 
I have to disclose. <gasps> Did you I am definitely I am definitely getting this variant cover for issue twenty four. Again, this is the guy who buy comics just for pretty <laughs> covers. But this this cover by Warren Law is just awesome. If you haven't seen it, you have to find it. Which one is it? So, uh, variant cover for number twenty four. Lau. L o u w. It's in the. It's. Yeah. I, I put it in the chat. It's in the chat. Oh, you did. Okay. She has very long legs in that. Oh my. Oh, but oh, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I, that was not a comment about how it was uh, not beautiful. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're giving compliments to the legs. <laughs> Look at them gams, man. <laughs> I mean, and look at all of the pretty, look at the pretty Easter eggs. And, and yeah, I like the there's fact a that lot he, of details in there. I like the fact that he, uh, he named the wine after himself. <laughs> Gotta cite it somewhere. And if you're gonna have a, a Harley Quinn book, at least it has Damien in it. Which is good. And it was a pretty good Damien, I'd say. I think so. And Joker Voodoo behold those. <laughs> that was good. All right, now, punchline the Gotham game, number one. I have to give it a thumbs up. I I didn't hate it. I thought her plan was kind of interesting. I thought the characters she got to be involved were interesting. A little horny, but you know, interesting. <laughs> um uh it was and then and Matches Malone was in it, which was always fantastic. People um, who don't like matches alone are wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was it was interesting, and I mean, you know, you know what it probably was? It's that um, Harper Row wasn't in it. That <laughs> probably helped out a little but, bit. But Harper Row is not bad. <laughs> no, she's not. But her storyline was. Yeah, I, I, was, I will admit the punchline backup that she was in. What, I was like, "How long can Harper be in this basement, burning to death?" Like, I'm getting really bored. <laughs> But anyway, um, I yeah. So anyway, thumbs up for the stupid punchline book. Yeah. So I had no interest in the punchline book because I assumed that uh, Bluebird slash Harper Row, who is my most hated um, Scott Snyder creation, uh, was in it. But seeing that she's not, I may have to pick it up. I will be very interested to see what you think. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to be continuing with this book also. Um, and I gave it a, I want to say I gave it a neutral because okay, you said Wait, it didn't like really grab Wait. me, but I also wasn't turned off. Okay. I'll take that. Cause I was going to say, how are you going to tell me I would enjoy it if you give it in the neutral? I don't know if I said I enjoy it. I said you, I'd be interested. No, you said I would enjoy it. I think I said you might enjoy it. I don't. I don't do much. I'll listen to I the need... tape and tell you. <laughs> I am not Yoda. I try. <laughs> All right, and then we have the Riddler Year One. This is written by Paul Dano, the actor who played the Riddler in the Batman movie. So I don't know if it's that I had incredibly low expectations <laughs> that I really didn't like the characterization of the Riddler in that the Batman or that the Riddler year one or Riddler one bad day was so disappointing, but I actually didn't hate this book. I gave it a neutral. I almost, I mean, I wouldn't call it a thumbs up, but you know, it's a, it's on the, it's on the thumbs up side of neutral. 
So, you know, I'm kind of interested to see where it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I still hate him, but, you know. I, I actually, so when I told when I told Ian, was this would have made a better One Bad Day Riddler book than the One Bad Day Riddler book did. That's my opinion. And it still would have been bad. Oh, yeah, it's still not great. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a thumbs down for me. And, and so I'm going to be a little hypocritical. You know, earlier I, I, I scolded Ian for bringing biases <laughs> into reading, you know, new stuff. And I took my other disdain of uh, the Riddler and the Batman into this story. And it did not disappoint in me not liking it i got maybe three quarters of the way through and was like this crap sucks <laughs> and basically finished the rest of the book page by page saying this is stupid Aww. and so and the art i mean the art wasn't that great as well you know of course they're trying to depict the character as the as they were in the movie, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, I have no interest in this, and I know we'll probably be covering it in Greater Gotham as they finish it out. But uh, it's no bueno for me. Thumbs down. I am going to give. I'm going to give it a thumbs down, and that's because when I was reading this, I had the weirdest feeling of deja vu because it felt like this was just the dark and gritty version of Batman Forever's Riddler origin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? There's the same weird obsession with Bruce Wayne, and the same weird, like, he's in a sort of office-type job, and, like, I, I didn't like it in the movie, and I didn't think we needed a comic book version of the dark and gritty Batman Forever. Um, all right. Tim Drake Robin, number two. Oh, what did I say? Uh, new neutral. I didn't hate the the cop as much in this one. This the the mystery is fun, I guess. It's interesting ish. Although, I mean, whatever. But yeah, Tim's listlessness and lostness and not belonging is just out of nowhere it's out of left field it didn't if it had been like explored earlier or he had been rejected or or whatever or i don't know it feels like the only so tim's whole thing is i don't belong anywhere it's like the only people who think that are dc <laughs> and that's why you don't have a home and uh, i don't know it's just sad so Neutral, but I, and I still hate the art beyond all reason. It is a thumbs down for me. So I remember letting Reddit for issue one chase me away from reading it. And so I say, well, since I didn't read issue one, I will go ahead and read issue two. And so to prepare myself for issue two, I went ahead and I read issue one. And I would like to request DC to give me back the time that it took for me to read both issues. I, how is this how is this the same Tim Drake that we see in Batman? Mm. I just I, I, I just I, I, I don't get it. I, and I'm just going to go ahead and just 
copy in and just say, you know, that Fifth Martin is just incompetent. Not a good story. And Tim seems to say he's he's from a from a smart standpoint. He is Batman's equal. He's pretty damn stupid in this story. And I'm not a fan of it. And I am, again, not the biggest Tim Drake fan, but I am a fan of comic book history. And I just, meh. This is beyond, this is below meh for me. Thumbs down. Yep. Thumbs down. Um, there's still a few elements that I think are fun. I do still like the Darcy character that Fitzmartin created for future state, but Theo's right. Tim's a moron in this series. He's just dumb. And that's because Fitzmartin's not good at plotting. To write smart characters, you can do two things. One is have them know lots of stuff that don't actually matter. And that's what Fitzmartin does. Two is make a carefully constructed plot and have the character act intelligently in the plot. Tim does not act intelligently. He just says lots of stuff and knows lots of stuff. That's That's not... No. And I, again, I don't hate Riley Rosmo. I really don't. But he's the wrong choice for this book. Mm -hmm. I really think he was a good choice for Harley Quinn. I think if you put him on. (sighs) I think there's a lot. You know know what you put him on? You put him in that backup story with uh, Harvey and the psychedelic stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that would also work fine. that That would work. This, it does not work. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. This is supposed to be. I mean, Sammy Bassery, who's on Harley Quinn right now, would be good for this book. But, ugh, it's such a mismatch. And we're getting Ricardo Ortiz, um, who's a much better fit. And I hope that he goes with his own style and not with Rosmo's style. So I think that's happening issue either three or four. So that's happening soon. Hopefully, it'll give the book more because it's it needs something. I will say, yeah, the one thing about Rosmo on Harley Quinn, or rather not having him there anymore, is I really miss the old Kevin style. Like, Yeah, I loved his Kevin. Yeah, I liked his Kevin. He just had such a sad sack, lovable quality <laughs> about him. All right, and I did this on purpose. Batman the Night, number 10, the finale of, in my opinion, one of the best series of the last two years. Yes. Very good ending. Thumbs up, two thumbs up, and two toes. And I every think, appendage up. I think it definitely leaves the door open to have a love or at least amicable conceiving of Damien and that is good. Yes. It didn't actually say that they what did you call it? The dirty Bumped uglies, because I'm ancient. <laughs> But it definitely didn't say they didn't, and they had a sort of sweet relationship, or at least romantic. Well, it definitely way. happened. Be- it definitely happened before she shipped him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now well, you know Batman. He kind of thinks that's hot. <laughs> so does Talia, probably. Anyway, thumbs up. It was wonderful, great ending, and I really hope that it becomes canon. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's canon because everything in it is part of the Batman Inc. series right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Th- double thumbs up for me as well. And, you know, it didn't take long. And I kept, we, we, we kept saying from the beginning that we 
we were hoping that this this maxi series would make its way into Zdarsky's story and not only is it doing that but it's it's making its way into other parts of the Batman universe so again if you if you haven't read Batman Inc take a look at my review on the website and and yeah it's definitely it's definitely taken hold you know mm-hmm. and I think you know we said it for, I've said it from the beginning that you know at some point in in the future Bruce and Bruce and Ghostmaker are going to have one final battle and I, I think you know the events that went on in the night as well as what's going on now in Batman Inc is just laying all the seeds for that to happen good stuff yeah, when this came out uh, last week, I sat in my chair and I read from issue one to issue ten, and then I read the first chapter of Batman Year One, and it's not a perfect fit, um, but it it works. And this is just a phenomenal story for Bruce. This Bruce is the Bruce that I love, um, and I don't say that about all Bruces, uh, but this Bruce is a Bruce who is broken but he has infinite compassion and infinite drive to save everyone he can. And his plan is just so good. He, the way he takes on Roz and the league of shadows is fantastic. (laughs) It's so Batman. It's Oh, this is such a top tier series. Mm -hmm. Um, all the thumbs, all the toes, all the fingers up. All right. That is the end of our Greater Gotham. <laughs> and there really are like a billion titles. And I think we skipped a couple. Like the Harley Quinn we, animated series and I mean, the... I took some out because we're not reading we, we, them. We, <laughs> Audio we adventures. We definitely skipped a few. I, I, I Look, I am a bona fide Batman fanatic. You see my home office, there's Batman everywhere. Everybody I work with know the one way you get on the good side of Theo is you give him Batman stuff, and they do. (laughs) But, I mean, DC is really milking it for all it's worth with all of the Batman-related titles. So for those that complain, I feel your pain. Cause there's a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot, we, a lot. We, we we did we did one review and and with Greater Gotham, we're well over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean, the thing is, there are a lot of good books, or at the very least, books that are worth talking about in this list. It's just there's so many of them. Yeah. Fortunately, a bunch of them are miniseries, and hopefully, several of them will end, and then we'll have less, and we'll just <laughs> chill for a bit. <laughs> Uh, We don't have any feedback this week, so please do send us feedback on the Discord or send us some emails or tweet us. Um, I want to thank our supporters on Patreon. A list of our supporters who support at a certain level is Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, David Richards, and Robert Lewis. Thank you all for helping us keep our 
vast archive of Batman Universe comic podcasts and other podcasts on the web and keeping us going. Uh, we really love doing this and we really love uh, knowing that you guys get some use out of it. So thank you. And that brings us to the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And we'll see you next time.